Well, for the second time in as many weeks, you get the Twitter Space Reunion Tour here on KREF. Parker Thune, alongside Travis Davidson today, for those of you that were listening this morning, you already heard Mike Steely. You heard him yammer on for three full hours, as a matter of fact, filling in for Toby Rowland on the morning show. Uh, that is the nature of this time of year. As we get closer and closer to football season, the lineup gets shuffled every now and again. And that was necessary today. Steely taking over for Toby on the morning show 6 to 9. And today, Travis Davidson, up in Tulsa, joins me for Steel Man and Thune at noon. Travis, what's the word? Oh, you know, just uh, coming down off a fantastic game last night, at least fantastic first half uh, last night in the 918, the Battle of the Burbs, they called it. Uh, between Owasso and Bixby. Uh, I think it's only right I lead off the show with uh, dunking on Kendall, who sent about five or six times yesterday that Owasso is going to absolutely steamroll Bixby. Bixby is going to wish they were still in 6A2. Go Rams. Well, that didn't happen. It was a lot to a little, uh, and Bixby extends their win streak to 50. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad You know the powers that be said, hey, Travis, you want to cover the 12 to 2 because after being in the restaurant industry so long I don't think I'm fit for 6 to 9. Yeah, the morning I I, I all due respect to Toby Rowland and TJ Perry uh because they do something that I don't know that I could do, which is not and I'm not saying I couldn't wake up that early every morning, but to get up that early every morning and immediately do 3 hours of radio is probably above my level of competence so props to those guys props to steely i know he wakes up early every day but uh that, i think he mentioned that was the first time he'd gone three hours in something like five years so uh, that is the nature of this friday right here on the ref sports radio network the 12 o'clock hour brought to you by lasher home comfort systems give lashers a call uh, of course, owned and operated by former Oklahoma kicker Tim Lasher. Made some outstanding and memorable field goals in his days with the Sooners. Give Lasher's a call at 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, serving the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Now, Travis, I don't want to bury the lead here. Uh, you got us a guest booked for the bottom of the hour here. So I'll I'll give the floor to you. Uh, to tease said guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ran into uh, one Micah Tease last night. Uh, those of you know, um, the um, top 150 uh, you know, ranked player, regardless of position, with 247. He is listed as an athlete. He is a two-way star uh, for Booker T here in Washington. You all know Booker T, of course. Um, Gentry Williams, of course, we just pulled from there. J.J. Hester, of course, the transfer wide receiver uh, that we brought in from Missouri. He also uh, hailed from Booker T. But uh, Micah's older brother, Miles, uh, played uh, at Oklahoma. And, you know, Micah is committed to Arkansas currently. But, you know, I, I personally am heavily biased, <laughs> obviously, and, and want him to end up in the crimson and cream uh, instead of the cardinal, I believe, is the red that they call the uh, Arkansas Red Cardinals. So, uh, anyways, we will have Micah Tease joining us at 1235. Uh, talk a little Oklahoma football, both uh, in the high school level and the college level, and kind of talk about his recruitment a little bit because uh, 
Yeah, it seems to be exciting. So really excited about that. Obviously, tons of recruiting news today. Everybody's flipping out about Malachi Nelson just tweeting two words. Stay tuned. I mean, life of a life of a five-star recruit cracks me up, man. He could he could be saying, "Oh, stay tuned. My season starts, uh, you know, at Los Alamitos. We're gonna, you know, this, that, and the other." But with "stay tuned," and then you've got Hayes Fawcett saying, "Oh, things are getting interesting." It's, I mean, even the text line's already already on about it. So that's uh, that's the life of a five-star quarterback, isn't it, Parker? I mean, to be fair though, if you just tweet "stay tuned," you're obviously being cryptic. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter what your status is. If you just tweet, stay tuned, people are going to start buzzing about, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Now, obviously, being a five-star quarterback, it's the difference between three people buzzing about it in the office and 30,000 people bu- news buzzing about it on social <laughs> three, three media. Three news sources uh, buzzing about it. Now, uh, uh, <laughs> Brian in Tulsa. Does say happy Macari Vickers Day, y'all. And uh, yes, I echo that. Happy Macari Vickers Day to all who celebrate. Uh, mm-hmm. I have officially flipped my crystal ball prediction from Oklahoma to Georgia for four star wide receiver Anthony Evans. Uh, seems like the Bulldogs are in line to pick up his commitment later today. Uh, we'll see where that one heads. Not completely ruling out an 11th hour change of heart from Evans. And this one is not done. But uh, this close to the finish line, I did go ahead and change my prediction from Oklahoma to Georgia. But the predictions have unanimously favored Oklahoma for quite some time in the recruitment of Makari Vickers, the four-star defensive back out of Tallahassee, Florida. And Travis, with the addition of Vickers, uh, the Sooners would, depending on when it happens tonight, will jump into the top five of the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings if Georgia does indeed Lockdown Evans, they would jump Oklahoma for the number five slot once again. So, uh, kind of depends on chronology here. The point is, Oklahoma's inching closer and closer and closer to that very top tier in the recruiting rankings in 2023 with yet another top 100 ad provided they close on Vickers this evening. Yeah, so get get your uh, get your screenshots uh, ready for you know that timing. If we jump. Go ahead and get that screenshot at number five before that changes. Uh, but yeah, it's you know it's it's what the staff has continued to do. And when you look at how we're positioned going forward with so many uh, elite guys, uh, you know we're just going to see that number continue to climb, continue to climb. And yeah, I, I have no doubts that this will be a a top three class uh, from the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. Uh, the 918 says, stay tuned means I am a drama queen, which you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, concise. A uh, little, little bit of diva, a little bit of diva uh, tendencies there from that. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. Uh, I think we all believe that Vickers is going to be in the fold this evening. And you've said it before, you, Brandon, everybody said it. Getting a top 100 player on defense out of Florida is is wildly impressive. I know we've got uh, we've got some guys uh, out of Florida this class. We've recruited Florida very well. Obviously, a lot of those guys, Bates and Valai and uh, Venables, they've all got great Florida, you know, kind of southeast ties. But with Napier especially, um, and and not to mention uh, Miami, they're 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 going heavy heavy in that state of Florida because they understand that 
look, Florida's got so much concentrated talent. If you just build a wall around that, then you can be a top 10 team if you just have kids from Florida. So going into Florida, pulling in Macari Vickers, that is so wildly impressive to me. It is, and that's going to be difficult to do because that's what Florida and Miami are going to attempt to do in the years to come under Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal. They're going to try to build a wall around the Sunshine State and make it difficult for any team not named Alabama and Georgia to make parries into the state of Florida. But with the relationships that the Sooner staff has down that way, uh, it is, it, it's remarkable how quickly they've been able to get into Florida. And when I'm talking about getting into Florida, I'm not just talking about being able to sign a player from the state of Florida. I'm talking about being able to sign the elite players from the state of Florida, i.e. Macari Vickers and Derek LeBlanc, which are two national top 100 players that Oklahoma has committed in the class of 2023. So, man, I'll say this as well. Tip of the cap to Jay Valai, because if he locks down Macari Vickers this evening, he's got three of the nation's top 200 players committed at his position group in the span of five weeks. You add Vickers to Jacoby Johnson and Josiah Wagner, and we haven't talked a whole lot about Valai. It doesn't seem like there's been plenty of ink spilled about Miguel Chavis's acumen as a recruiter. Obviously, most everyone acknowledges and realizes how good Todd Bates is in the recruiting game. But Valai's a guy that hasn't been talked about a whole heck of a lot since he arrived at Oklahoma when it comes to uh, the type of teeth he has in the recruiting sphere. Now, I would figure that if Vickers is a Sooner this evening, Jay Valai's going to start to get his due real quickly, Travis. Yeah, and it's kind of been it's been fun to watch because you know they're they're kind of going in in different spells. We always knew that the defensive backs were coming, but you get you know Chavis with a bunch of big wins. They're able to kind of separate out, and we can brag about Chavis, and then we can brag about Bates. And now Valai getting on board. The thing is, Valai, you know, people were saying, oh, he only spent a year here, a year there. You know, it's I think he's got a I think he's got a chance to really put his roots down with this coaching staff and build out those relationships and those pipelines that guys like Bates and Venables have built. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Obviously, some very high targets still left on the board in the secondary. Um, obviously, I, 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 know, uh, I know you get sensitive to uh, old PB and Yates, but uh, they look good last night. Uh, Brandon uh, Drum was out there. They looked real good. They did, and we'll get to that on the other side of the break as we continue to talk recruiting in the opening hour here on Steel Man and Thune at Noon. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, 12 o'clock hour, brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. When we get back, let's dive into all that. Peyton Bowen, Eli Bowen, Ryan Yates, Jackson Arnold, the four superstars down at Denton Geyer High School. They played their opener last night. Uh, suffice it to say... The Sooners' QB of the future was very impressive. So, we will talk about the Denton Quartet. We'll also talk about a couple other players that Oklahoma recruiting fanatics have had on their radar for quite some time but have crept back into the conversation as of late. And then, of course, we will be joined by four-star Arkansas commit Micah Tease at the bottom of the hour. Lots more to come. State here. You're listening to the ref, the Homa Sooner fans.
Steelman and Thune at noon on the Ref Sports Radio Network. No Mike Steely. He had to do the morning show today. I hope for his sake he's napping at the moment. I know he has to stream later, so got to recharge those batteries, especially when you're his age. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line with your thoughts and opinions, 405-651-3439, as we continue to spend this first hour on the world of recruiting. And Travis, as we mentioned going into break last segment, the Sooners are on the verge of staging a coup at Denton Geyer High School. They've got Jackson Arnold committed. There has been buzz for quite a while that maybe, just maybe, both five-star safety Peyton Bowen and four-star safety Ryan Yates end up reneging on their commitments to Notre Dame and LSU, respectively, and jumping on board with Arnold and the Sooners. And then, of course, the younger Bowen brother, Eli Bowen, four-star cornerback in the class of 2024, a standout for that program as well, and another player that the Sooners have prioritized early in the 2024 class as they look for their first commit among that group. Now, Geyer won last night in decisive fashion in their season opener over Rockwall Heath High School. And if there's one thing that stood out, Travis, and you saw the highlights as I did, and I, I'll cede to you on this for your opinion, but to me the most, the most impressive thing that I witnessed last night, and I witnessed some impressive things. Peyton Bowen had a pick six. Eli Bowen had a scoop and score. But to me, what stood out the most was a 64-yard touchdown run from Jackson Arnold. Hello, dual threat. He's got some wheels. And I think that's what's kind of interesting is, you know, it it had been, you know, on on radio we talked about it, and people hit the text line up and said, you know, we're arguing whether Jackson Arnold's a, you know, pro style or a dual threat. And he's listed as pro everywhere. He's a guy that can hang in the pocket. And you look at maybe some of his athleticism. He's clearly an athlete. He can use his legs. But even I wasn't expecting him to take off, absolutely take off, uh, and just outrun the entire secondary. Uh, I mean, that team is going to be extremely tough to beat this year. And and with Eli Bowen, it it hardly was a scooping score. It was a stealing score. I don't even think the ball hit the ground, did it? It looked like he just pried it out of the other guy's hands and said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this. I'm going the other way. Um, but, yeah, you, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with, with Peyton. I mean, closing from that, from the position he was on the field, closing on that ball, the speed that he closed on it, I mean, that that's 99 times out of 100, that ball is reaching the receiver. But the one time out of 100, apparently, is when Peyton Bowen is on defense because he's not going to let that happen. He took off. Um, and I think – you know, th- this dawned on me a couple weeks ago, actually. It was the first time I realized that the Bowen brothers are named Peyton and Eli. Really? You, you just now realized that? Well, because I'd always said Peyton Bowen, Eli Bowen. I never I, I never, I never, separated the, the first name from the last name, so it all just kind of flowed uh, as one. But, yeah, I, I totally – do they have another brother named Cooper? I need to know. <laughs> Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. I think it's just nephew and Eli. Do they have a nephew named Art? Oh, boy, let's hope not. (laughs) Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Brian in Tulsa says, yeah, I've never seen Rex Grossman do a 64-yard touchdown run. 
Amen. What a text. That's a great text, Brian. That's and a great Pro- Props text. to you. Know, hey, you know, with the 918, we bring the heat on the uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Another listener says, the fact that Parker brought up PB and Yates on his own tells you all you need to know. Lock it up, baby. <laughs> Lock it up. Uh, yeah. Listen. Let, yeah, up, update the update the people. Uh, update the people. I know I know Steely uh, dances uh, dances around it with you a little bit and tries to pull it out. Not me, not me. Tell tell us what you know. Tell us how you feel after uh, the first uh, action from uh, Peyton Bowen. Do you think they're having such a good time down there at Denton Geyer that he's just going to say, you know what, let's keep the gang together and move it on down to Norman? I mean, that's the hope. If you're a Sooner fan, right? I'm just not entirely convinced. As I've said for a while. I am fully convinced that Peyton Bowen decommits from Notre Dame. The question is, does that lead him to Oklahoma or Texas A&M? And I think there is a compelling case for both schools right now. With Ryan Yates, I think unlike Bowen, there's a chance he sticks with the commitment that he has made already. There is a chance that he sticks with LSU. But if he does flip, OU will be the destination. So to me... It's between OU and LSU for Yates. It's between OU and A&M for Bowen. I think if you saw that pick six that Bowen had last night, if you're somebody like Brandon Hall in those OU offices and you're scrolling through the, your Twitter feed and you see the dude break on the ball and make a pick in a house call like that, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody else I'd be on the phone with first thing this morning. I'm turning, the, turning up the heat on Peyton Bowen. Because that was I mean, a five-star play by a five-star player. Yeah, and I and I think I think the Heat obviously should be turned all the way up on that guy from from the jump. But yeah, looking last night, I mean, you got to have everybody calling. Get, get former players. Get get Roy Williams on the line. You know, get get these guys just to. I mean, full core press. I mean, full core press from the. Um, you know, from the coaching staff is one thing, but I mean, I know that, like Ohio State, I believe the Bosa brothers uh, are hosting Mateo or Mateo um, at the Notre Dame game, like things like that. Like, you got to get some of these uh, big name uh, alumni involved. Ha- have Roy Williams uh, call up Peyton Bowen and say, "Look here, <laughs> look here, you're coming to Oklahoma." Okay, one listener asks, uh, or rather says, Travis, reveal the Biltong plug. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, yes, you are. So, uh, for those what of you is that, Biltong? So, Biltong is basically South African jerky. So, one of my um, one of my my buddies is from South Africa. He saw me tweet about beef jerky, and he's like, "Hey, have you ever had Biltong?" And I was like, no, I've never heard of it. And I was kind of surprised. Um, and he was like, man, let me let me make some for you. So it officially is a form of dried cured meat that originated in South African countries. So it's you marinate it, you season it, and you hang it in what they call a biltong box. And it dries out the meat, cures it, and then you just slice it. I'm actually enjoying some right now, if I'm being honest, uh, Brought some into uh, the little home studio, and I've got my 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 pile of biltong right here. Oh, so, you've got a home studio now, huh? Well, you know, it's it's a it's a room in my home 
that I'm doing radio from. Okay, so, okay. I was about to say you're re- you're you're going full media personality on us. Well, you know, I'm only when I'm doing just the fill-in stuff. I don't think uh, I don't think the ends justify the means there. But if there is an expanded role in the future, I'm definitely when I move downtown, I'm definitely putting a radio studio in. Shane from Newcastle on the text line says, "I'll climb on top of the Everest Center until Peyton and Eli Bowen commit." Yes, uh, I, I would not recommend that. No, I am recommending it. Don't listen to Parker. Don't I, listen to Parker. You uh, neither get on top I of that neither end. I nor K Ref endorse this. <laughs> Just hey, to be I'm, clear I, here, my hey, the my, intros the intro says I'm Steely. So for all for all y'all know, Steely is the one that's actually uh, recommending that. In this case, my opinions do reflect those of my employer. We do not endorse <laughs> any of our listeners climbing on top of the Everest Center as a form of strike until the Sooners get commitments from Peyton and Eli Bowen. Uh, Another listener asks, what's the deal with Anthony Evans? I mean, that's been a tight race all the way up till decision day, which is today. And we don't know exactly when the decision is coming down time-wise from Anthony Evans. But uh, I do expect at this point that Georgia is going to hang on, and it was a tight race. It is a tight race down the stretch. I know there was no final decision made as of last night. Evans was still waffling uh, and still seeking opinions from those closest to him. But as of right now, I believe the safe money is on Georgia, which is why I flipped my crystal ball prediction. Uh, I guess Here's a quick question for you. Yeah, go ahead. If, if he does pick Georgia, do we stop recruiting him? Well, I, it depends, doesn't it? It's, it's complicated. I know. I know the answer is complicated, but I don't think I, I want the listeners to know the answer is complicated. So I tried to tee it up for you. Here's the thing. I don't think at that point you break your back over a wide receiver trying to get him back in the fold because we've said it time and time again on these airwaves over the past few months. If there is one position where you are never going to be hurting for uh, dudes that want to come play at the University of Oklahoma, it's probably wide receiver. So you know what? If you swing and miss on Anthony Evans, you can circle back around, and there are going to be three or four guys that immediately sit at the top of your list that you can say, okay, we can go, realistically, we can go get this guy, and he's just as good of an option, if not better, than Anthony Evans. So that is where I stand on it. If Evans doesn't want to come, then I think you're going to have other viable options that are comparable in terms of talent level. Yeah, and uh, who do you think uh, might be on that short list? Well, (laughs) I think that short list starts with the man that's going to be joining us next segment here on The Ref. Mike Atiz, four-star Arkansas commit, stud wide receiver and defensive back from Booker T. Washington High in Tulsa. So let's hit a quick break here. And when we come back, we will be joined by the man himself, the Razorback commit, Micah Tease, the 918's finest, homie of Travis Davidson, Booker T. Washington Hornet, Micah Tease. So, if he's one of those guys that you're wondering about down the stretch as a potential flip candidate for Oklahoma, and his name has been thrown around this week with the knowledge that Georgia's making a search for Anthony Evans. I guess if you want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, come on back with us next segment. It's the ref, home of Sooner fans. Micah Tease joins us next.
Back with you here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, hanging out with you on a Friday. Now, as a Nebraska native and as a West Side resident, I feel somewhat unworthy to make this introduction. So, here to introduce our guest this segment is Tulsa's own Travis Davidson. Travis? All right, I appreciate that. Yep, uh, over here on the east side of the state, which is the home of football excellence. Just uh, look at the trophy cases. Uh, uh, but, yep, we've got our own 918 uh, two-way star, Micah T's. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. I know, you're, I know you're busy this time of year. you got uh, football season uh, starting, everything like that. So appreciate you being on with us, man. Man, appreciate y'all for having me. No, Michael, well, I guess the place to start here as we get ready for the high school football season in the state of Oklahoma, and uh, we're just now on the precipice of the season really kicking off with games this Friday night. Uh, your senior year at Booker T. Washington High, man, you're going to be the guy, and that's no secret. Of course, Gentry Williams, uh, the four-star Oklahoma signee out of Booker T., uh, is graduated, departed, and that kind of leaves you as at least the most – widely known, the most nationally regarded member of this Booker T. Washington team. Now, uh, you've been a standout on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball during your career with the Hornets. So as you look ahead to one last ride at Booker T., what are you trying to accomplish this fall with your senior year? I'm definitely trying to accomplish as a, as a personal goal, a Gatorade player of the year. As far as the team goal, the state championship, nothing less. That's right. Playing for titles, that's what it's all about. Um, and give us uh, give us kind of a quick scouting report on Booker T. What what can we expect from the Hornets this year? Um, as far as, like, looking for this year, um, you'll, you'll see speed, of course. Uh, you'll see some more size. Um, you're going to see a lot of more younger guys popping out this year. You're going to see definitely a lot of more guys, uh, younger guys popping out. As far as the defense, you'll see more speed this year. Um, and you'll, you'll, you'll see that explosive, uh, explosive uh, defense that you see every year. Now, Travis mentioned it, Micah, when you look at the trophy case, the east side of the state of Oklahoma seems to be where the best football is played. And when you're looking at some of the top talent that has come through over the last couple of years, uh, it's very highly concentrated on the east side. You're thinking about guys like uh, Robert Spears Jennings, Jaden Rowe, of course, Gentry, Chris McClellan last year. Uh, and, th- and you look at this class, guys like Cole Adams, uh, that are really standing out early in the process uh, in this 2022 season uh, as rising seniors. And as somebody that's very much in that conversation as well, uh, what's what's your perspective on the overall talent that the East Side boasts right now? Not just in your class, and there are some fine players in your class, uh, but in the years to come in the classes of 24, 25, and 26. Um, it's definitely going to be some talent on the rise. Um, I can definitely say the 22 class, they left a good impression for the whole state of Oklahoma as far as, you know, what Oklahoma has to offer as far as football talent. Um, the 23 class, you know, we're keeping the, the steam rolling. And the 24 class and the, the class and so forth and so on, I feel like they're going to continue to, to make sure Oklahoma is a recruited state. You know, uh, we're always looked look at, people just think, you know, we're just farmers in Oklahoma, you know, there's no type of football, but there, there, there's something in Oklahoma, definitely. So I think the, the classes after this, they're definitely going to continue to improve and make Oklahoma a bigger recruitment point for coaches. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, you wouldn't expect it nationally to uh, sometimes uh, come upon the talent here in Oklahoma, but we definitely have plenty mm-hmm. of it. Um, have you had the chance now, just kind of turning to OU a little bit, uh, have you had the chance uh, to talk to uh, Damian Washington, a new uh, interim wide receivers coach? Or, and if you haven't, uh, have you know friends of yours like J.J. Uh, Hester or any of the other 918 guys had anything to say about specifically him or just kind of the program in general since they've been there? Uh, yeah, it's funny because I actually just talked to uh, Coach Washington today. Um, uh, but we, we've been talking a few. Um, I haven't really been connecting with J.J. Uh, too much because they've been in fall camp, but I've been connecting with Gentry more. Um, he definitely kept me updated as far as how the uh, program is coming along, you know, how everything is coming together, you know, with the first season, Coach Venables being a head coach. Um, but it's, it's looking pretty good so far. Now, Mike, as we look at the school that you're currently committed to, the Arkansas Razorbacks, mm-hmm. uh, you locked it in with them back on July 4th. Uh, joining another one of Tulsa's finest and four-star tight end, Luke Has. as uh, kind of two of the crown jewels in Arkansas's 2023 signing class. So uh, what about that school? What about that coaching staff? What about the fit up there in Fayetteville won you over throughout the process? Um, definitely. I, I can definitely say everybody thought I was going to OU. Um, and uh, I, I kind of did at one point in time, too. I thought I was going to OU as far as like how my recruiting trend was going. But um, the more and the more that I started going to Fayetteville, the more I started to feel like it was home. Um, as far as, like, my coach, uh, Coach Guyton and Coach Browse, you know, their offensive staff is definitely an offensive staff that fits me. Um, and then with Coach Pittman, too. Coach Pittman is a head coach that I enjoy being around, a, a coach I can be around every day. Um, as far as the campus, it's a beautiful campus. Um, and pretty much the more I went up there, the more I started to fall in love. And after I took my official visit, it was pretty much all set in stone. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, uh, do you have any plans to make it back to Norman? You want to? Co- are you going to come up to a game? Anything like that? I know you've, you know, grown up mm-hmm. going to Norman, so it's not, nothing new to you by any stretch of the imagination. But do you plan to uh, to take some visits to Oklahoma in the, in the season? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll definitely try to come up for a game. You know, even though I'm not committed, and I still have guys on the team, um, still have family and friends that attend the university too. So I, I would still definitely be, be trying to shoot up for a game if I can. Now, Micah, throughout your recruitment and throughout the process, uh, you obviously you had opportunities to play either defensive back or wide receiver at the next level. And as we uh-huh. mentioned right off, right off the top, really, you're one of those rare guys that legitimately has the ability to have a P5 future and potentially an NFL future, regardless of which side of the ball you would have chosen. So uh, how did you decide, you know what, wide receiver is going to be the spot for me? Was it just a preferential deal? Uh, or as you evaluated your play, did you feel like, hey, I have the chance to do some things at the wide receiver position that I'm not sure I can do if I play on the other side of the ball? Um, ultimately, um, I looked at it from, from a bigger standpoint as far as which one I can get on the field quicker. I did look at it from that standpoint. And it's actually it's funny because DB is actually the one I would actually get on the field quicker. But as far as, like, comfort, um, where I know the game more, where I can understand the game a little bit more, a little bit quicker, where I can catch on quicker, it'd be receiver. So that ultimately came down how I chose receiver, you know, which uh, side of the ball can I learn the quickest, uh, which one am I the most comfortable in, um, and definitely which one I can go make the most plays on. I got you. Good, good. Uh, with, with that, did you do you kind of look at schools – depth charts specifically only on the wide receiver side when you when you look at kind of a program during the recruiting process anything like that was it hey you know what 
who's in front of me, how quickly can I get on the field, anything like that. Is that what you kind of did with the receiver rooms at the different schools? Um, somewhat, somewhat. I, I looked at receivers, I looked at DBs, and I looked at returners. Because um, definitely in college, I, I just didn't want to just pigeonhole myself into receiving. So I wanted to think of a way I can get on the field. So I looked at returners as well. Um, I looked at returners. I looked at the returning uh, classes that were coming back. And I also looked at the future classes, you know, as far as, like, who they have committed now, you know, who they were going after now. You know, so I, I definitely looked at it from all aspects and not just the receiver room. Now, Mike, I know as you mentioned off the top, right, uh, the thing that is the primary focus right now is fighting for a state championship here in the fall of 2022 with your teammates mm-hmm. at Booker T. Washington. But uh, as you look to the future, man, how stoked are you to take your talents to the next level with the Razorbacks? I'm definitely ecstatic. Um, I'll be graduating early, so I'll be enrolling in January. So it'll be quicker than I know it. Um, but I'm definitely excited. You know, it's it's a new journey. Um, it's my time to, to make my imprint in the at the college level. Um, I'm definitely just excited, you know, and, and just blessed to be here, really. There you go. Four-star wide receiver Micah Tease out of Booker T. Washington High in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Composite four-star prospect and one of the best on a very talent-rich east side. Micah, thanks so much for your time, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Boom. There you go. Micah Tease, Travis, the 918's finest, joining us live on KREF. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting to see him play uh, a couple times. It was nice to actually have a Thursday game last night uh, to kind of get out there and, and, and see some talent. I'll tell you what, in that first half, nobody could hang on to the ball. I think there were six total fumbles maybe in the first half, but second half, uh, Bixby showed that they belong in the state's top uh, class. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see a lot of the talent. I mean, he talks about uh, and and we talk about it on you know on boards and everything like that. Listening to you and Brandon and and, and those guys kind of talk about the 24 class, but especially the 25 class. The 25 class in the state of Oklahoma is special. Uh, so. Uh, Looking forward to seeing some of those guys play on Fridays. All right, we're going to be back to wrap up our number one coming up next here on The Ref. You know what? We've been on recruiting this whole hour. Why not wrap it up with yet another recruiting segment? We'll hit your questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and we've got a whole bunch of them to get to. So fire them them at us while you can, 405-651-3439, and we will answer as many as we can before the top of the hour. Coming up next, you're listening to The Ref, the home of Sooner fans.
Back to wrap up hour number one. It is Steel Man and Thune at noon. We are down the Steel Man on this Friday. He did the morning show in place of Toby Rowland today. For those of you that do not, do, do not for whatever reason, listen to KREF on your morning commute. Toby does fantastic work. TJ Perry does fantastic work. Make them a part of your morning routine if you do not already. Parker Thune alongside Travis Davidson. We've spent the entirety of the first hour, Travis, talking OU recruiting, and we will continue to do so by hitting some questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line to close things out in hour number one. One listener asks, besides Micah Tease, who are the other receivers OU will target? That comes from Sooner Warrior. What are your thoughts here, Travis? Well, I think, I think as you mentioned earlier, wide receiver is an interesting position. Uh, I don't think you want to go 100% all in <clears throat> with the entire staff full court press on one specific, um, I don't know, maybe flip here and there. I, I hope I'm, I'm kind of saying my thoughts correctly. But you can get wide receivers from the portal. You've got guys like um, – uh, Mikhail Harrison Pilot, who we can try and rekindle some things with. Um, <clears throat> I know there there were some rumors about uh, maybe Ashton Kozart because I think of Brandon was being sarcastic or something like that. Uh, I would not count on Ashton Kozart um, being one of those options. Uh, am I correct in saying that, Parker? Well, uh, I don't want to I don't want to speak for Brandon and say he was necessarily being sarcastic, uh, but I will say I I do not consider it a likelihood that Ashton Cozart ends up back in an OU uniform. But there have been, I, I will say this, the reason Brandon brought that up is because there have been some interesting rumblings to that effect as of late. And that's as far as I'm going to get into it because at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to amount to anything. But yeah, that is that is a thing. That is something there, that has been discussed. That's, and That's very interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is, isn't it? <clears throat> Especially how that all went down at the end. I guess theoretically... I guess theoretically, when, when, it's funny because Venables is brand new, obviously, so we are learning his policies on the fly, right? Because we don't have situations that we're able to look to for precedent, right? So with that, with Cozart visiting Oregon, that is signaling to Brent that he is, un, that he is not committed to Oklahoma. So he goes to Oregon. Well... I don't believe there's a um, an offer pulled situation. Uh, I believe Cozart still has the offer. It's just that he is now because kind of like we talk about with the Ryan Yates recruitment, with the Peyton Bowen recruitment, with the Micah Tease recruitment, with things like that. He is he is still talking to guys that are committed other places, but it, he considers you uncommitted as a prospect if you're taking visits to other places. That's what he's always said. So. That's something is, I guess he could consider Ashton Cozart maybe not committed if he's still willing to take visits. I guess there's some, there's some kind of lack. There's no precedent for these things, so we kind of have to work through his policies uh, on a, you know, on a new basis. One listener says, "I was hoping Mike Atiz was going to make a flip announcement while on with you guys. Wouldn't that have been legendary?" Uh, but hey, no. If, if he if he if he does end up flipping at any point in time. Um, and I'm not saying that he that he will by any means. I uh, I will certainly try and get him to do it on the radio. <laughs> 
Sooner Soldier asks, hey, is Travis a closet Alabama fan? Trav, you want to address that one? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I. I'm not sure how I would have got that that title. I mean, I did. I tweeted about Cole Adams, but that's just because I'm in the 918 and I was at the game, <laughs> and he was going off for what seven for 146 in the first half. Yeah, we had another un- Tulsa listener jump on the text line and say, "I hate to jump on this train, but after last night's game, I really think we screwed up on Cole Adams." Yeah, he was he was unguardable. Uh, there were times where I don't know how the ball, how he caught certain balls along the sideline, going deep. Um, there's no, I, I don't think there's any secret that, you know, it was very close in the first half, and then Owasso couldn't do pretty much much of anything in the second half once Cole Adams went down with injury. But no, definitely not a closet Alabama fan. Uh, I can put those room that one rumor, not even rumors, <laughs> that one rumor to bed. Shane from Newcastle says, regarding the Bowen brothers, get BV in a mink coat into the chow hall at Geyer flashing his rings. Yes. Yes. You think yes. BV could pull off a mink coat? Yeah. I, yeah, I think he could. I mean, not quite as well, obviously, as, uh, um, as, as the king. When people call you the king, you tend to wear um, kind of your, your robes, your, uh, your furs better, but... I, I wouldn't put anything past BV. One listener says, didn't Cozart post that TikTok saying, I used to F with them, talking about Oklahoma? Yes. Yes, and that's the reason I don't think the rumors of a rekindled relationship are right. going to amount to anything in the end because I feel like even if Ashton Cozart wanted to force his way back in the door with Oklahoma, I'm not sure that affinity would be reciprocated on the OU end. And again, well, and, and as, that's kind of with social media these days, right? It's like kids have these opportunities to try and, you know, get interactions, likes, whatever on their TikToks or Instagram reels or whatever. I mean, that that might ha- but that might end up costing him an opportunity to maybe get something going with Oklahoma again or maybe in the future in the portal. You never know. You absolutely never know what's going to happen. So, we'll see. That's it for hour number one. Steelman and Thune at noon, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, holding things down Twitter space style. On the other side of the break, we got a whole other hour to go. We'll shift our focus. We're eight days away from Oklahoma football. We'll talk about Camp Buzz. We'll answer your questions on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. All that and more coming up. Keep it here. You're listening to The Ref, the home of Sooner fans.
Well, for those just joining us here on The Ref, there's no Mike Steely today. Well, there was Mike Steely today. He just occupied the 6-9 to nine morning slot in place of Toby Rowland. So, you get a two-hour Twitter space today. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you across the Sooner State on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Our 1 p.m. hour brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley is where you need to head for a fantastic deal on a new or used vehicle. With the Seth Wadley Auto Group, over $20 million in inventory on the lots. Or so Seth says in those commercials uh, that we air here on the station. And they have had some iconic ones. But that is the place to be if you need a newer used vehicle in what is a very tough market right now for newer used vehicles, Travis. As I know just as well as anybody. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Um, and it, I actually just got a text, so I need to say this uh, quickly. FC Tulsa is extending. Uh, they've got a match tomorrow, Saturday night. Uh, I know a lot of you took advantage of the free ticket offer uh, on Wednesday night, but I've got to say FC Tulsa, uh, they've got a game tomorrow night, Saturday night, uh, against Loudoun United, and they're doing dollar beers again. And if you go to... The ticket counter and say Travis sent me, they will give you a free ticket. So they've extended that. Say Travis sent me at the FC Tulsa game tomorrow night and get a free ticket and uh, enjoy a little bit of soccer. So is how do you it, get it? Is the dollar beer thing still on the table? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh absolutely. boy, that's that, that, this is dangerous, Trav. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So free ticket. Can't beat that. Dollar beer. Can't beat that. Saturday night. Tell you what, get the whole family out there. One listener on the Air Cover Solutions text line asks, is it true that Mule Shoe cosplays as a furry in Los Angeles? I mean, I don't know that he doesn't. I mean. <laughs> we cannot I, confirm that he does not. There I you mean, go. I mean, I can, I can say that. But, yeah, I mean. Um, I can't wait for those quotes to to hit the airwaves. That was the Twitter airwaves. That was too good a text for me not to lead off the second hour with it. But let's get to a legit question from Ryan in Tulsa. And again, uh, we spent the first hour on recruiting. Let's shift our focus a little bit. And I'm not saying we won't circle back to recruiting if the moment calls for it. But we're eight days away from Sooner football. Sooners host UTEP next Saturday afternoon in their 2022 season opener. Brian in Tulsa wants to know, do y'all know anything on captains? I am pushing for Harrington as one. That's a 30-30 if I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because Brent Venables made comments about how important uh, you know being a senior was to him. He says he thinks that's something that should be valued and celebrated. Um, so you would think when you're picking captains that he would lean kind of the the senior direction, but also when you look at who have been the captains over over the years, it's pretty often that the center on the offensive line is is a captain. Um, we've seen that time and time again. Uh, obviously, Dylan Gabriel looks to be probably a shoe in. Um, so again, this kind of goes back to my question, you know, my comments about his commitment policy. 
we don't have precedent for how Venables wants to select captains. So really it could go any way. I'd love the the Air Comfort Solutions text line to give us some recommendations on who they think should be the shoe-in at captain, uh, even four captains. But even then, you're not even locked in at four captains. You could have five, six. I mean, this isn't COVID times where you only have like one or two going out there. Um, so, uh, you know, you can get, give, get have the text line give four or five names. Uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. And, and, and you can go a couple different ways. You can go Michael Turk makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Dylan Gabriel makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Woody Washington makes a lot of sense. Jeremiah Hall. There's a lot of names. Who, what do you think on that, Parker? Strength in numbers. Make everybody on the team a captain. Yes. Send the entire team out to congregate at midfield for the coin yep, toss. Just, just like the, the locked arms walk uh, that they did at the spring game. Yes, exactly. That we'll every walk single out game. Just like that. Just walk out just like that. I like it. See, uh, see I, I, think that, I think that you've got to have – size out there there have been some you know some conversations about uh putting marvin mims as a captain which i'm not against by any stretch of the imagination but also the um i don't know going out to midfield put some of your big bodies out there i think there's a little bit of a first off the bus uh mentality strategy at least that could be employed uh what do you think well i tell you what i think when you send the big boys out to midfield for the coin toss it does establish somewhat of an intimidation factor. And the one, the thing, the moment you probably most associate with the intimidation factor at the coin toss when you think about Oklahoma is Torrance Marshall in the Orange Bowl against Florida State, right? So I think it, who's who's the consummate scary guy in that locker room? Like, the easy answer would be Danny Stutzman because he's a freak show of a linebacker on the field, but he's also just such a goofball off the field that he'd probably be cracking jokes at midfield before the game started. So uh, he would probably break down the walls of defense and apprehension more so than intimidate the opposition. So who's who's the most intimidating player on the roster? the most intimidating player on the roster boy that's tough um intimidating intimidating i don't know before he uh got all svelte uh would have definitely been uh in that conversation um gotta look at i mean from an intimidation standpoint maybe even like a bray walker or something like that throw him out there and just have him tear a phone book in half you know the the feats of strength um from the offensive lineman that came out to do our little fishing thing. Uh, the, when they talk about Bray Walker, they talk about Bray Walker like he's not human, like he's of a complete different species of them uh, when it comes to strength. Uh, they, they, are, they marvel at his, uh, at his workouts. So, yeah, I think you send him out there, have him bend a crowbar or tear a phone book in half or, or just maybe do a couple military presses of Marvin Mims just standing there. You know, something like that. You know, it's funny. I saw. So I have a. I have a fun story. But first, a couple more texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One listener says, "Send one guy out, one riot, one ranger." Jason OC says, "Justin Harrington looks the part of intimidation, and yes, he does. I cannot disagree with that." Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you you mentioned tearing a phone book in half. I went to school with a girl whose dad played Major League Baseball. 
And I kid you not, what he is arguably most famous for is going on the disabled list because he tried to rip a phone book in half as a motivational tactic and separated his throwing shoulder. I, that's okay. that's just all. Okay. Whenever well, maybe, I hear, maybe maybe we don't send anybody out to rip a phone book in half. So when it, when, like whenever I hear anybody mentioning ripping a phone book in half, that's instantly what I think of. Uh, <laughs> a couple listeners say, make Turk a captain. He could have a prayer with the other team. Michael Turk would make both parties say prayer before kickoff. <laughs> Apparently, I, 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 I like it. One listener said Michael Turk's bench press is the highest on the team. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm not ruling it out. That dude's a freak. Yeah, I yeah, I could be convinced of it. I mean, there are there are a lot of other players on the team where I'd be like, okay, well that I mean, there's no way. There's simply no way that that player has the highest bench. But when you look at Turk, you're like, I could I could buy it. I could be convinced of that. One listener asks, "Can we send Jerry Schmidt out as our captain?" That's a that's a great idea. I'm not <laughs> sure that that's allowed, but that is a great idea. Shout out to that texter. What? A, yeah, that's that's a fantastic text. One listener says, "Anyway, y'all can plug the Fox College Football Fan Vote Twitter poll. OU is at 50% push with West Virginia. Less than an hour left. Need a final push to finish this." So uh, I mean I guess that's a thing. I guess if you want to contribute, go uh go vote in the Fox College Football Fan Vote Twitter poll. I Yeah, I mean we're 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 up against West Virginia and if if they win this poll, it will be the uh what the first win over Oklahoma since West Virginia joined the Big Twelve. I believe. <laughs> so You're not lying. So maybe I mean gotta keep that perfect record intact. I mean, so update on the poll for this texter. Uh, we are at 49,937 excuse me, forty nine thousand nine hundred and thirty seven votes. Fifty two minutes left. Oklahoma has the slight advantage, fifty one percent to forty nine percent. For those of you that are looking for the poll, I am un unretweeting and then retweeting right now. So it'll be at the top of my timeline. I won't tweet anything until the end of the show. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, take it home, you know, I guess. It's it's one of those things, in these fan votes, especially on Twitter, it's not West Virginia that's just that's voting against us. It's the entire rest of the Big 12 fan bases. It's likely A&M. It's most certainly all of Texas. It's probably a little bit of Arkansas. It's probably USC. The, their 13 fans are all voting against us. Um, so, yeah, th- with these Twitter polls, it's, it's not – they're not a, an exact science. I'll put it that way. All right. When we return here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, more OU football, more OU recruiting, more of your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Again, when you get me and Travis, we do this Twitter space style. That's what we're accustomed to. That's what we do. And so as many questions as y'all fire at us, we will answer. We will discuss. So as you have questions, as you have opinions, hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. And we will do our best to get to every single one of them by the time we are off air here in about 45 minutes. Stay with us. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Coming right back.
Back with you here on the ref, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Steelman and Thune at noon were down the Steelman today. He did the morning show in place of Toby Rowland. We're taking you all the way up until 2 p.m. where we will have, and by we I mean myself and Tyler McComas, an hour of nonstop OU recruiting talk. This thing with Anthony Evans is getting very, very interesting here, Travis. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. And I... I tell you what, I held off a long... Are you going to flip your crystal ball back? (laughs) (laughs) I held off a long, long time on flipping my prediction to Georgia because, man, something just told me, something just told me deep down, and especially based on the conversations I had with people close to Evans down the stretch and people that knew that recruitment, something just always told me that deep down he wanted to be a Sooner in his heart of hearts. And at this point in time, Travis, I think I'll say this. I think Oklahoma's creeping back into this thing at the 11th hour. Now, I don't know. This is like the 11th and a half. No, no. Like this legit is the 11 and a half hour, (laughs) but man, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden there seems to be, some belief that maybe, just maybe, Evans picks Oklahoma tonight. You could trip out all those, uh, you know, like the o, uh, the crystal ball trackers, like the OU crystal ball, and I think there's I think there's a couple other ones. Uh, you could trip all them out by just going back and forth on your crystal balls over the next half hours. I that that would be awesome, hours. actually. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I I, I might do that at some point in time. Maybe not with a situation <laughs> like this, just because of how much it's been talked about and how much it's going to blow up on social media uh but some one listener asked what time do these two guys commit today vickers is committing at halftime of his game this evening we don't know when anthony evans is committing there's no time i thought it was like four or something like that where did i see that i don't know but here's what i do know man all of a sudden looks like oklahoma might be right back in the thick of this thing I mean, it seems like they're in the thick. They've been in the thick of it for you know a couple of weeks now. It's that's that's what's interesting. And and like like a lot of these things. I, I mean, I gotta say this carefully. Like a lot of these things, there are multiple factors with who wants who to go where that might be at play. So things can get very complicated. Um, with these decisions because you might be making people mad that you don't want to make mad but at what point do you just put your own desires first i'll I'll hopefully people can read between the lines on that (laughs) one listener says on instagram it says four o'clock I should have. I'm vindicated. I knew it. Four sh- o'clock. See, I should have shout gone, out to that listener. I should have gone to Instagram. I don't. I don't do this enough. Usually, it's just Twitter is how I keep up. Uh, but let's let's see here. I'm gonna. I am scrolling through Anthony Evans's Twitter page or Instagram story right now. Excuse me. And yes, it looks like four o'clock is when it's going down. Luckily, our text line is. Uh, they're on the ball, man. Our text on line does the, the legwork, man. Our text line does the legwork. Uh, Burley Boomer says, Arnold pushing hard for Evans. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
Yeah, well, uh, Ar- Arnold, uh, Arnold's got some teammates that he's got to work on too. So that guy's got a uh, got a full plate. Uh, Shane from Newcastle says, "What is this, and why don't we have this?" He sent a picture of an ambulance decked out in Alabama graphics and logos, bumper stickers, all this, and it's it says on the side of it, "Bamalance, Roll Tide." Well, apparently, so why does to it... one text? According to one texter, that's right up my alley as an as a uh, Alabama closet Alabama fan. Shane we, says, what is this, and why don't we have this? You know, I, mean, I saw a couple of those out at uh, out at the College World Series, like tailgating mobiles, if you will, and they get old uh, ambulances and, and just, you know, refurb them, if you will, uh, to have, you know, the bars, the TVs, the grills, all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, they definitely stand out. There's no doubt about it. If you want attention, um, pull up in an ambulance I don't know what the laws are on that, though. I don't think you can blare the lights, you know, if it's been decommissioned. Yeah. I, how do you how do you get your hands on a decommissioned ambulance? That's what I'm wondering. Because like, there can't be very many of those no, in circulation. I no, I can't imagine. Like, how much do you are. have to pay and what kind of connections do you have to have in order to get your hands on a decommissioned ambulance? Maybe it's one of those shady small-town business dealings, um, you know, the town of, of 200 or something like that, and the guy that, uh, I don't know, maybe buys buys the fire station, a new ambulance gets to keep the old one or something like that. Brian in Tulsa says the potential of this 23 offense is just insane. It's honestly scary. I'll take it any day. Dime time, yeah. score from far. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't, Look up, go to go to uh, Brandon Drum's Twitter. I think he's probably got the most of it on there. But uh, you got to see what Jackson Arnold did last night. I mean, this guy was dropping bombs. You talk about hashtag score from far. My goodness, he was doing it through the air. He was doing it on the ground. Had that sixty-four yard scamper uh, where he really showed off the wheels. Um, yeah, it's if you want to get excited about the future of football at Oklahoma. Look no further than Denton Geyer. One listener says, municipalities have to hold auctions for their surplus assets, including vehicles, so that the general public can bid on them. There you go. Auctions. Well, Parker, Parker, sounds like you and I got to start going to some auctions. I know, for real. Let's uh, let's get an ambulance and trick it out. That can be our uh, our party bus for road games. Hey, the there decommissioned you go. Well, ambulance. Yeah, well, for right now, you know, we've got the tour bus. Um so I think I'd prefer the tour bus currently. Oh, that's right, man. We do have the tour <laughs> bus. Yeah. Man, it's going to be a I, fun fall. Oh, going to be a great fall. One listener says we already have one. It's called the Sooner Schooner. Ah, yes. The 405, bringing the heat. Absolutely. Now, every, everybody, everybody on the text line is now chiming in on how you get your hands on decommissioned ambulances and where you can bid for them at auction. This has, been so, the, this has been the hottest topic of the day. I know. I know. Everybody's buzzing about ambulances all of a sudden on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, Travis, let's, let's reorient to football and the product that the Sooners are going to roll out on the field starting in eight days when they host UTEP. It seems as though as we get closer and closer to the season, the anti-Dylan Gabriel sentiment continues to – well, it doesn't continue. It, it seems like it's cropped up again 
all of a sudden. People say, well, he's too short. Well, he can't run well enough. It seems as though I've seen in recent days a lot more of that sentiment than I had in the previous couple of months. And this wasn't an unpopular take. Uh, I, I, I think it's a bad take, but I wouldn't say it was an unpopular take. There were many that had that take when the Sooners first nabbed his commitment on January 3rd, shortly after Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal. There were those that said, well, this is a downgrade. We're going to go from Caleb Williams to some transfer from UCF. What are we settling for here at the University of Oklahoma? But it seemed like once Gabriel settled in, once everybody became familiar with the type of player that he is and the type of uh, skill set that he brings to the table, what he's done over the course of his three seasons at UCF as a starter right from the jump as a true freshman, it seemed like most everybody settled into uh, the new era of Oklahoma football and became content with Dylan Gabriel being the guy. Is there any reason, you think there's any particular reason why over the last week or so it seems like the Dylan Gabriel haters are creeping out of the woodwork again? I feel that for those of you that have seen all the Batman movies, uh, think back to The Dark Knight. Uh, I think we're running into a bit of the, the night is darkest just before the dawn type situation. I think the worst takes are happening with a week to go from the season, trying to get that last push of attention um you know as we saw from old stewie mandel that was an attention grab for the athletic it's just I, I i think i think that's just what it is i think you're getting some really bad takes immediately before the season as one kind of last push where you can just tweet stuff out and have no consequences if you're wrong you're wrong oh it was a bad take everybody has a bad take but you won't be able to say that in the season the thing is when you bring up dylan gabriel's size I mean, he's he's listed as six foot, two hundred, two hundred five pounds, somewhere around there. I mean, Bryce Young's six foot. Baker was six one. Spencer was six one. Kyler was not six foot. We'll just put it at that. It's I I I felt like we were past, especially with Kyler, and 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 the Russell Wilsons of the world and things like like I thought we were past this whole. Oh, got to be the prototypical, you know, six four guy, you know, stand up like. We're past that. We've seen it too many times. I mean, the defending Heisman Trophy winner is six feet tall. The number one overall pick, former Heisman Trophy winner as well, Kyler Murray. Not particularly close to six foot. I'm not saying that Dylan Gabriel has the same athletic ability as Kyler Murray. I don't think anybody, even in the offseason, would be that silly to say that he does. I don't, I'm not sure of really anybody <laughs> that does maybe outside of like a Lamar Jackson but yeah I just think it's just bad takes happening immediately before the season because this is the the last time you can get those off without any consequences so basically a legion of Stuart Mandel wannabes is what you're getting exactly. at here exactly Ooh, uh, gross all right on the other side of the break here on the ref sports radio network we're going to continue hitting your texts so keep firing them at us 405-651-3439 half an hour to go Stay with us. Lots more OU football talk coming your way. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. This is the Homa Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network.
It's the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Here with you on a Friday. No Mike Steely. At least not this hour. For those of you that are just joining us, he did the morning show this morning in place of Toby Rowland. The schedule got a little bit shuffled, as is sometimes the case as we get close to football season. Travis and I got about a half hour left before it's time to get locked in with myself and Tyler McComas talking all things OU recruiting for one full hour here on The Ref. And Travis, man, this Anthony Evans recruitment has been bizarre. And I was – listen, I was probably the last person left in the recruiting industry to concede defeat to Georgia in this battle, and I did so about an hour, hour and a half ago. And then right as I did, (laughs) oh, man, all of a sudden here we are, and it seems like, boom, Oklahoma all of a sudden is – Trending very nicely in the eleven in the the, the latter half of the eleventh hour. Yeah, the for Anthony quarter, Evans. maybe is what it feels like. I mean, what is going on, man? You know, you're never gonna live this down if you had your OU crystal ball. In Dude, I know so this long. is like this is the most this is the most agonizing L of all time at this point. Yeah, I mean, and and you know the comments will be always trust your balls. Yeah, they've been. They've been. I I should have trusted them, man. You should have. You should have taken. Take. I didn't listen to Tyler's advice. own mantra. I yes. hear it every single day on Locked In, and I didn't trust them. Man, yeah, this this could be quite the lesson for you if it does indeed go OU's way. No joke, man. But I, I mean, first off, if OU does get Anthony Evans here in a couple hours, it means they're done at wide receiver. Boom. That just takes care of your board. Secondly, it moves Oklahoma up to number four in the 24-7 sports composite recruiting rankings, assuming a commitment tonight, or rather later tonight, from Makari Vickers on the heels of a decision from Evans. (laughs) Somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, do you need a not-so-fast, my friend? Yes. (laughs) Dude, this really, like, this really is the most agonizing L I've ever taken if Anthony Evans is a Sooner in a couple hours. Hey, well, you know what? I, I wouldn't be mad at you for taking that L. Man. No doubt about it. But, yeah, I mean, you, you look at what that does to the board. That uh, locks down wide receiver, and then you've got not much else left, really, for the offensive staff to do in the 2023 class. Obviously, um... Obviously, you've got Malachi Coleman, but I don't. I don't think we're totally out of the woods. Uh, woods uh, on the offensive line. I'll put it that way. Oh, so you're okay. You're saying Samson Okunlola is a thing. Uh, uh you know, I, 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 I think it might be. For those of you that uh, see, saw me tweet out that uh, that cool pancake edit. Um, okay, so you, you you need to talk right now, Travis, because I'm just, before I'm the saying, text line starts blowing up, I'm just saying you need to address I, this head on. I'm just saying it's it clearly was something that Brandon thought was worthwhile to retweet when he was talking about kind of his finalists and cutting numbers down, everything like that. Uh, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, Parker, do you want to tell him uh, who who Samson is exactly? 
Yeah, so we're talking about a five-star offensive lineman from the state of Massachusetts, Samson Okunlola. Technically has OU in his top eight, and there's there have been rumors of a visit sometime this fall, but it's just never seemed like there's been any tangible traction here. Yeah, and he's and and I'm not saying he's I mean, trust me, I'm not saying that, you know, OU is even close to leading this thing or anything. I'm just saying it's not over over. I mean, obviously he's been fonged you know, a month ago, uh, a little over a month ago, actually about six weeks ago, uh, by both obviously Wolfong, but then Brian Doan, the uh, national recruiting guy uh, for 247. Those can definitely hold up, but we're not just throwing in the towel on that one from what I understand. Um, he's not he's not totally locked in uh, and committed anywhere to Miami. He is, I believe, the highest-ranked remaining offensive lineman that is uncommitted. So I know – uh, Beatenbow's got he, he's he's got his swagger back a little bit with Schmitty uh, uh, in the fold. So don't don't think that you know we're just willing to pack up and go home, take our ball and go home whenever we are done with the skill positions. Okay, so we're getting a whole bunch of texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Surround I, this must have just hit Twitter somehow or another, because I swear we got like. Six to seven texts simultaneously, like instantaneously and simultaneously, about Emeka Megwa enrolling at Oklahoma. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with Emeka Megwa, this is a guy that was a four-star running back in the class of 2021, signed at Washington, spent a year there, and left the program this spring. As I recall, and don't quote me on this, but as I recall, Emeka Megwa had Oklahoma in his final three. So they were one of the very final contenders in his recruitment. If he is enrolled at Oklahoma, and I've not corroborated this, I think this is news to me too. This is completely... Uh, off my radar if this is indeed a thing. If he is enrolled at OU, that would lead you to believe that he's at OU to play football. And maybe that's not on scholarship, at least not right away. But did DeMarco Murray's running back room just get even deeper? Yeah, this is a... Um, this is really out of nowhere, to be honest. Um, I There's been a lot out of nowhere in the last 15 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, geez. This is this is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, people what's funny is people are saying that the Stoops Bros Twitter account tweeted out, so I go to that on my Twitter account and for some reason, um Stoops Bros, whoever you are hiding behind that anonymous account has blocked me. Wow. <laughs> for some reason. I mean, I don't, wow. Yeah, I uh, I don't even know who that is, and yet I got blocked. Interesting, interesting stuff. That um, is crazy. And Mecca yeah. Megwa. And it's not like – that's so interesting because it's not like we have a, a lot of holes in that running back room. No, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, we, we, are, we have a lot of people in if, that running back room. If he's trying like. to go somewhere where he can play right away and play a lot, that, that place probably isn't Oklahoma. But here he is. Of course it's not. Gosh, man. What a bizarre afternoon in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, my goodness. 
hey, you know what? More talent, the better. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, he was at Washington. Could you blame anybody right now for for uh, leaving Washington? But yeah, you go to if you go to his Instagram, uh, Mecca Megwas Instagram. It says running back at the University of Oklahoma. Ah, I mean, wow. that's that's pretty authoritative. I would that's say authoritative. Yeah, exactly. It's I'll I'll, I'll hear it right from the uh, horse's mouth. Mecca, that's. That's just so. Listen, we all knew this was Macari Vickers' day. This may also turn out to be Anthony Evans' day. And to cap it all off, you have a Mecca Megua apparently joining the program as well. What on earth? What a wild afternoon to be an Oklahoma and his profile, Sooner fan. And he's changed his profile picture to him on his OU visit. You know, in 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 all of his Sooners gear. I mean, this is. Talk about out of nowhere. Well, and here, here's the thing, too. If he did indeed take a visit at some point, oh, okay, This the, that I'm betting it was a visit he took to Oklahoma as a recruit then. That's probably what, yes, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, pictures yeah, are. Okay, I was no, about to say, yeah, like, if, he, I, if he'd taken a visit, I'm very surprised that word didn't get out, but it would make sense if those pictures were old and dated back to his recruitment as a high school player in which he visited yes. Oklahoma. So Yeah, that's what it was. Well, well, welcome to uh, Sooner Nation, then, I suppose, Emeka. Sheesh, man. It's one thing after another today. But it's all good news. It's all great news if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan. We're going to hit a quick break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. At this point, I'm not even going to act like we know what we're going to talk about coming up on the yeah, other side. Because that, the, at the this rate, from February 1st, his visit on February 1st when he was still in high school, 2020. February wow. 1st, 2020. That was right before COVID-19 hit. That's how long ago that was, by the way. Jeez. That Incredible. feels like forever ago. Okay, well, we'll see what other surprises we get during the break. And we'll be back to wrap up Steel Man and Thune at noon. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, back with you in a moment. Keep it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network.
Wow, Travis Davidson. Things have gotten wild on the second hour of our show this afternoon. All of a sudden, it's looking like the Sooners might double up today with new commits in the 2023 cycle. Again, I, I was probably the last person that was willing to concede the Anthony Evans recruitment to Georgia. And I did so. I finally did so earlier this afternoon, only to get a couple texts about an hour later that, oh boy, hold the phone. This thing's all of a sudden starting to turn in OU's direction at the 11th hour. So we got about two hours until Anthony Evans locks it in. We will know for sure one way or another at that time. What we feel we do know for sure at the moment is that the Sooners are at the very least going to pick up a commitment from Akari Vickers this evening. And for those just joining, word on the interwebs, and the word is confirmed, by the way, the word on the interwebs is that Emeka Megwa, former four-star running back and 2021 signee at the University of Washington, has enrolled at Oklahoma. Now, to my understanding at this time, he is not yet on scholarship. He is not yet with the program or listed on the online roster, any of that. But he is at the University of Oklahoma. We know this much. So, we were counting on one addition today for Oklahoma. We figured, best case scenario, you get two. We could be on the verge of getting three. Travis Davidson. Yeah. And when you look at the directory, it says that uh, he's classified as a freshman. And that's interesting. And, you know, what's funny is I'm glad that we corroborated it with his own Instagram because that could have been any Mecca Julian Megwa in, in the directory, right? I mean, I'm sure there's just a ton of those, uh, you know, out there. This is wild stuff. What a wild day. And yeah. At this point, like, it, it, it was funny, to, Travis, because yesterday we were having the conversation, Steely and I. We are like, man, it just seems like everything's plateaued. Feels like we're recycling the same material. Just ready for football season to get here. And now we hop on the air today, and all of a sudden we've got one of the most bizarre recruitments of the entire cycle starting to trend in OU's direction at the very last minute. I, like, that, and that I'm still, back, and that running back room is so crowded now. I mean, it, it was already full for the most part. Where do you? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I mean, what what do you see the impact that Mecca having right away? I mean, we've that's our, I don't know, man. That's that's a lot of bodies. The Sooners are legitimately six deep at running back right now, and only four of those guys are on scholarship. But Tawi Walker and Bentavious Thompson are not your average walk-ons. No, those are guy that could be. There's <laughs> a guy that could be a, a down the road, and I think it's Bentavious Thompson's last year. I think it's his last year of eligibility here in 2022. But Walker could be a guy that earns a scholarship down the line. Uh, one listener on the text line says, "Jr. Sandlin is a menace." LOL. His morning juice tweets are just next level. Thad and JR, infrastructure is key, and OU finally has it at a championship level. I, I'll say this. JR Sandlin wasn't overselling on Monday when he tweeted, it's going to be a great week for OU recruiting. At least it doesn't seem like it right now, Travis. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, shout out to uh, everybody that kept this under wraps. Of yeah, it's going to be a great week. We're going to pull a former four-star running back from Washington on a transfer. I mean, that's you could have spun a wheel, and and that's how I would have assumed you would have come to that conclusion, because that is wildly random. But hey, I'll take it. I mean, I've I've long been one. That said, hey, look, Levy loves to run the ball in the second half. We need to be deep in the running back room so we can put fresh bodies out there because the first half is going to be tempo, 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 score from far, dime time, all that fun stuff. Ole Miss was second in the NCAA in pace last year on offense, so you'd like to think some of that's going to come over. But in the second half, they run the ball a ton. So I guess you've got, you know, 30 running backs. You know, I I guess you can get that done. One listener on the text line asks, what happened to Joseph Wete? I don't see him listed on the team. Yeah, Wete is no longer with the program. Uh, we discussed that earlier in the week. Uh, I think f- that f- that first became apparent on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, that he was no longer with the program and he was removed from the online roster the next day. So no more Joseph Wete. His number 22 has been reassigned to both C.J. Colden and Daniel Parker. Now, with that, a scholarship, of course, opens up. Who is that directly uh, to Justin Harrington? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's it, it's tricky because I believe the way it works is that if Wete practiced in fall, then his scholarship is accounted for until the spring. So oh, okay. if you wanted to replace Wete's scholarship by giving Harrington a scholarship – it would have to wait until the spring. But yes, I believe this. So, so like heading into spring, you're going to have at least two scholarship spots that you were not anticipating having, that of Joseph Wete and that of Brendan Walker. But to my understanding, the earliest that that can happen is the spring. Now the text line is uh, thinking maybe Emeka plays linebacker. Interesting. I... Ah, that was just when I started covering recruiting, so I can't remember whether he was a legit two-way guy. I guess maybe that's on the table. But yeah, I just, I I never got to know that. He's got decent size. Yeah, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, one listener asks: Is it possible that the video from Jackson Arnold last night had a bitter, bigger impact on Anthony Evans than people thought? Yeah, it sure seems that way, doesn't it? It sure seems that way. Maybe it was one of those things he just had to see it for himself. I know I'd like to be running over those the, those perfectly placed uh, deep bombs from one Jackson Arnold. What a way to close out the hour on Steel Man and Thune at Noon. Thanks so much to Travis Davidson for hopping into the show and joining live from Tulsa to co-host for the last couple hours. This conversation is going to roll over in the next hour as myself and Tyler McComas get you locked in from 2 to 3 p.m. talking all things OU recruiting. Keep it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network because, believe me, we are just getting started. Back on the other side.
my God, it's the first football Friday of the entire season. And OU fans, just going to go ahead and tell you right now, this may be a football Friday you may remember for a long, long time. OU does not play tomorrow. There is no secret game that you don't know about. OU will not be taking the field tomorrow. But this has a chance to um, be a day of surprises for OU football. And for the next hour, we're going to talk about it because, look, it's Macquarie Vickers Day. We've been celebrating Macquarie Vickers Week all week long. Four-star safety out of Tallahassee, who's announcing tonight. But something has happened. I don't know what has happened. Uh, Parker Thune can tell us. But we kind of set sail on the Anthony Evans recruitment at about Wednesday and now all the seventh uh, at the eleventh hour, Parker, things might be switching the other way. No, I tell you what, Tyler, I set sail at the eleventh hour because it was about noon, right about when I went on air with Travis, that I finally conceded this thing to Georgia. I was like, you know what? Couple hours left till he decides what could realistically change at this point. <laughs> well, sounds like a lot has changed, Tyler. And goodness gracious. This coaching staff at wow. Oklahoma, Never if, cut they, them if, out, they pull, man. if they pull off this Anthony Evans thing, unbelievable, man. Don't, they just refuse to take an L. Don't ever count them out. Hey, if you're around some friends or some relatives and you listen to the show quite a bit and you're pretty locked in, pun intended, on what's going on on OU recruiting, if someone just casually asked you tonight or sometimes this weekend, hey, how's OU doing in recruiting? Just look at him and say, uh, elite. That, that's what an elite job, a top five job. That's what OU's doing in recruiting right now. Because after McCory Vickers commits to OU tonight, and if this Anthony Evans situation, four-star wide receiver, ends up happening, OU will have the number four overall class in the country. And I mean dead on the heels of Notre Dame sitting at number three. We told you guys that a top five class was looking more and more likely as the month went on. They're not done yet, but they, they might be a top five class by the end of tonight. What an unbelievable development. Now, there's no, I mean, you're hearing more on this than I am, obviously, but there's no, like, tweet out that's saying that he is, you know, going to OU, but there's some interesting things out there right now that we're more hopeful on this than we have been in a week. Fair to say? Started this week at 55-45. Now it may have flipped quite a bit. Yeah, well, the Fong flip just happened. So Oh, he did? Go. Yeah. He crystal balled OU? Yep, oh, then it's go. over. That's all I need. I will say, I, more than anyone, trust Parker's balls. You hear that all the time. Listen, Tyler, and I said this with Travis. I violated your mantra. I myself did not trust my own balls. Now we got to question Parker's balls. It's the first time in a while that he's been wrong. So, um... That is the only downside to all of this. It's like, and I talked about this with Travis, it is the most agonizing L I've ever taken because I was convinced for the longest time that this thing was going to turn. And literally about a half hour before it turned, I was like, okay, it's too late for it to turn Because you just put it in like last night. You just dropped dropped your balls like last night or for, No, tonight? I switched, or I last switched night or it from morning. Oklahoma to Georgia at noon. Yeah. Right before I went on air. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like that's how late in the game this has all changed. Anthony Evans is going to – he's going to commit to OU, Parker. He's going to sign with OU, and he's going to have an incredible career. And every time he has a big game – 
we're all going to remind you about how your your balls were wrong on this one. That's what's going to happen with Anthony Evans. But what a day. What a day for OU. And here's the thing. Even without Anthony Evans, and if something flips back and he ends up committing with Georgia, this is still going to be a great day. You get a legit listed as a safety, but a four-star might play corner here at OU from Tallahassee. That is a huge get for OU. Not a whole lot of people thought way earlier this year that OU was going to get Macari Vickers. That's a massive win in itself. But to get Anthony Evans alongside would be, I don't know if it's the single biggest day of OU football recruiting this year. That might be going too far, but this is massive, guys. This is really, really, really big. And it just goes to show you can never, never, ever count this staff out of a recruitment. That's the, I like, that right there is the one thing that more than anything you were taking away from this whole ordeal. This staff is freaking elite, bro. The fact that with two hours to a decision from Anthony Evans, all of a sudden, boom, it's no longer Georgia, it's Oklahoma. Like, that, that You don't pull that off unless you are a truly elite recruiting staff. This is not something that just happens, especially when all of Anthony Evans' extended family resides in the state of Georgia. So if Anthony Evans is a Sooner... Like, I don't know if it will get any more impressive than Colton Bosick in this class. Yeah, that, yes, that's going to be tough to beat, but this is pretty but special. This, this is up there, man. Yeah. This is going to be up there. Yeah, this is – and Wilt Fong uh, put in the crystal ball, you said, for OU. He locked it in? Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay, so Anthony Evans, some of you are saying, all right, well, that's great. I hear all the excitement from you guys' voices, and it's getting me pumped up. But who is Anthony Evans? Tell me more about him. Four-star wide receiver out of uh, the state of Texas, and the name of the game for Anthony Evans is speed. You got a real speedster out on the outside. Um, this guy can fly. He's going to be one of the fastest guys that you sign in this 2023 class, and we've seen the OU offense in the past, Parker, have burners on the outside, and burners on the outside have treated OU very, very nicely. There's a long way to go to see how Anthony Evans will fare in an OU uniform. But the fact remains, you got to have a burner on the outside, especially with the big play offense like this. That's kind of this guy in this class. One listener on the text line says, I miss Lincoln Riley. Not! (laughs) The recruiting is significantly better than what it was before. He's got four months to change his mind. That's on the text line. Uh, Can we still recruit Micah Tease? That, that this would be your third wide receiver in this class. That's pro- that's the thing, man. It's probably it if you get Anthony Evans. Like I, I I'm very much of the opinion, and have been for a long time that the Sooners should be and should have been more flexible with Mike Atiz just to try to get him in the class because you can't put a price tag on a guy with that type of talent that bleeds crimson. But I, if you get Anthony Evans, I think it kind of forecloses the path for Tease to be a Sooner. I would agree. I mean. I mean, we've seen classes in the past take another wide receiver, uh, or I mean, like more than just three wide receivers. But I don't know. I, I feel like they'd be good on this one. But man, I, that's that's three high level wide receivers, and getting Anthony Evans in the bunch is is big time. I see your text on Peyton Bowen. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up later on in the show. Brian in Tulsa says new recruiting hashtag hashtag always trust your balls. I I, I yes. All, that's That text is really to you, Parker Thune. It really is. 
It really is. I I should have trusted my own balls. And for the first time all year, I bailed, and I bailed a half hour too soon. Steve Wiltfong has a crystal ball in for Anthony Evans. Now Brandon Drum has joined the party, and I can see Parker on his, th- uh, on his phone, and he's quickly trying to change his I, uh, crystal ball as we speak. Well, I will not be entering a crystal ball. You going to take the L here? Well, for uh, listen, there, here's the thing. I, how can I put this? My hands are kind of tied because of sourcing. So you will not see my crystal ball. Just know that I expect Anthony Evans to be a sooner. Yep. Anthony Evans and Macari Vickers, like we said, that'll bump OU up to the number four overall class. And Parker, I don't remember a time when we're talking about what, eight days out from the start of the season, and OU has the number four overall recruiting class. They've been ranked higher than number four at times in past years, but that's been very early on in the cycle when they you know, built up two or three high-ranked commits. I feel like, and we've been saying, that this has a great chance to be the highest-ranked class in the modern era for OU football recruiting. This is the latest in the game I can remember OU having a top-five class. I mean, th- this is a legendary, in terms of ranking, I'm not already projecting of what they're going to be at, at the college football level. I'm just telling you, in terms of ranking, this is one of the more legendary classes. This might be the most legendary class we've seen in the past 15 to 20 years, in terms of ranking. And here's the thing. They could be at four by the end of the day. <laughs> they could be at two or three couple months from now sure hey and jr sandland by the way i asked you earlier this week i'm like hey he did put out three stock up emojis should we uh should we look into that one uh, a little bit more i don't think that they're going to get three commits today it sounds like they're only going to get two but jr sandland knew what he was talking about when he said and i'm paraphrasing quite a bit this is going to be a great week for ou football recruiting we should have listened lying. to JR. We, we, we should have known he that was that was going to be the case. And you know what? If you're throwing a Mecca Megua into the discussion, the three emojis that JR Sandlin put out might actually have signified something. Yeah, that, that's true. Because in other good news today, a, Me- a Mecca Megua apparently has transferred from Washington to OU. He is a former four star running back. Is that what he was? A four star running back? I had that right? Yes, he was a four star running back. Okay. Yes. So the running back room seemingly is even deeper than what we thought it was going to be going into the year. And this is a massive surprise, man. This, this came out of absolute nowhere. Does this in any way signify something going on with the current roster? I mean, I, I wouldn't think that it would because we've hearing, we're hearing so many good things about all of the other backs in camp right now. But it's just, I don't, I don't know, it's very unique and very odd to add a player eight days before the start of the season when we didn't even know who he was 12 hours ago. Well, and either way, I just lost my 100% crystal ball mm. hit rate on the year because Jacoby Lane just committed to uh, USC instead of Oregon. So, L. Today is one giant L yeah. for me. Well, it's a giant W. For, uh, for OU football. It looks like Jameis Winston eating the W uh, when he was playing for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers a, a few years ago. It's a massive day, man. And, and Anthony Evans, do we have a time on his commitment? Is that at 4 o'clock? It's going to be right around 4 o'clock. Right around yes. 4 o'clock. Uh, Vickers is going to be on Instagram live at halftime of his football game tonight. I will try to find where Anthony Evans um, – Commitment is going to drop. Do you know that offhand by chance of where that's going to be? 
Uh, I think he's doing an Instagram Live. Okay. Instagram Live kind of seems to be the platform where everyone's going right now to, to drop commitments. All right, but we got a ton of text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And we got a lot to talk about on this show as well. I was wrong about Owasso plus 13.5 last night against Bigsby. We'll talk about the battle in the Burbs because there's a couple players that really showed out last night. You got two commitments dropping today. Jackson Arnold was a baller last night. And so much more Cruton, so much more team stuff as well. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.
Football Friday right here on Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. If you're just now tuning in for the day, well, get out a uh, pad and pen because you've missed quite a bit. First off, McCory Vickers, four-star safety out of Tallahassee. He's going to commit tonight. All signs are pointing towards OU like they have in quite some time. But a couple of big news items have dropped today. First, Emeka Megwa, former four-star running back out of the state of Texas. Apparently, I, he's he's transferring from Washington to OU, the Washington Huskies, not Washington, Oklahoma. Transferring from Washington to OU, he will have four years of eligibility remaining. And then four-star wide receiver Anthony Evans, who's announcing today, we kind of set sail on that recruitment on Wednesday, thought it was going to Georgia. Steve Wiltfong puts in a crystal ball to OU. Brandon Drum puts in a crystal ball to OU. Parker telling us that it's going to happen as well. So a massive, massive day for OU football recruiting on this Friday. How about a win over Alabama and a win over Georgia on the same day I, for Brent Venables? I, I mean, and, and that's the thing is if you want to recruit in the top five or in this case in the top three on a year-in, year-out basis, you're going to have to get players from the best, Parker. You're going to have to get players – from Bama, from Georgia, from Ohio State, from Clemson. You're going to have to beat those teams head up for the best players. And not only are they the best programs with the most to sell, they've got the best closers. Alabama staff, recruiting staff, they've got the best closers. Same thing for Georgia, same thing for Clemson. But what we've learned very quickly is OU's got some real closers on their staff as well. They are one heck of a recruiting staff. Maybe the best recruiting staff we've seen in quite some time, and you never count them out because, just like you said, they just keep getting wins against the big dogs in the SEC. Yeah, by the way, just to give you all some more perspective as to how quickly and how recently this recruitment turned, remember, I switched my crystal ball from Oklahoma to Georgia for Anthony Evans around noon. This from Georgia insider Rusty Manziel, who is the authority of on all things Georgia football recruiting. He says, as of 12.30 p.m., UGA looked good. It is definitely a new world in recruiting, and that is the reason I have not crystal balled anybody in a while. Literally have to watch these until the kid says it. So naturally, all the Georgia fans are melting down. They dropped the bag. Oh, you dropped the bag. It's NIL related. You believe that? Because I, I don't I don't really feel like oh use the school to come in late and drop a bag. I don't I don't feel like that's what's going on here. No, like look, I've been saying it all week. Anthony Evans wanted to be a sooner. And I don't it was gonna come down to whether the kid won or whether the family won. And because I don't, the family's all from Georgia and the yeah. family wanted him to go to Georgia. Anthony Evans and his parents liked OU better, but there was a lot of pressure, especially once Georgia started to make a surge, and he's got family out there. And he had a lot of family that are flying in from Georgia to watch him make this announcement. You know, we know the recruiting philosophy of the staff anyway, but it just so like dropping a bag late on anyone doesn't seem like something that they do, but they're not going to do it on a four star wide receiver. Because here's the thing, Parker even if Anthony Evans would have, or if he does pick Georgia today, OU was going to go out there and get another four-star wide receiver. They, they were going to do that. So did they want Anthony Evans? Do they really like Anthony Evans? Yes, absolutely. 
Could they have gotten someone else if he didn't commit? Yes. I, this is not – Georgia fans can think whatever they want on this one, but you just laid it out perfectly. By the way, he's 5'11", 167 out of uh, Converse Judson in the state of Texas, and the kid, the, the kid can fly. Um, you want to get to the text line here? Yeah, Keon Brown with a casual three-touchdown night last night. When is the fourth star coming? Not only did Keon Brown have three touchdowns last night, he had three touchdowns in excess of 70 yards last yeah. night. Yeah. How much uh, Boy, uh, good. How much did Coach Washington factor in the Evans recruitment? I mean, I got to think pretty heavily if he's the wide receivers coach. And I know initially everyone was really worried about what the loss of Kale Gundy, what that would mean for recruiting. And I'm not saying that it didn't have or won't have some impact, but up to this point, Parker – we haven't seen a negative impact with Kale Gundy leaving the program. LaDamian Washington seems to be doing just fine on that front. And today is a is a pretty good ex- example of that. One listener says, if the tea smoke is real, do we still pursue that? Well, wait till about 4 o'clock. And if Anthony Evans is a sooner, I don't think Oklahoma pursues that. This is the best recruiting staff at OU since the early 1970s. Yeah, you got Barry Switzer alone. Barry Switzer alone might just make up the uh, – Best recruiting staff that OU's seen. Who else would go to the backyard, check the dumpster to see what beer the dad would drink, and then go in the house, and when the dad said, Coach, you want a beer? Sir, only if it's a pearl. I mean, that that's the most expert recruiting job I think we've still ever seen in college football history. Um, do we have time speed on Evans? Curious. I don't know if you had that in front of you, Parker, but I'll look on his 24-7 sports profile and find that. 10.27 in the 100-meter dash. Yeah, so it's it's pretty good. Brian and Tulsa asks, Evans' commitment solidify Washington? I don't think LaDamian Washington's role with Oklahoma is going to be solidified or unsolidified by a single commitment, but I do think it's a good sign. I think it's a very good sign. Um Another listener says, my favorite part about the new college football is that any time a team loses a recruit to another team, the fans always say it's NIL money. Meanwhile, these are just kids that change their mind like most kids. Good times. Uh, This is the opposite of what we felt with Mule Shoes. Seemed like we were always the one that finished second in the recruiting last minute. Oh, I know some of you remember some December nights waiting to see if a certain running back was going to pick OU in Alabama and ultimately... Those wouldn't go OU's way. They would go Alabama's way. Yeah, it does feel a little bit different. It always felt like you were holding on till the very end, right up until signing day or the announcement in the previous five years. But now, Parker, it just seems like this has just gained more and more and more and more steam as the months have rolled, rolled on. And OU's had recruiting momentum now for about two consecutive months. They are about to roar into September with as much recruiting momentum as they've had this entire year. Today's massive. Let me ask you, do, do we want to just uh, call up Brandon Drum next segment and get his perspective on this Anthony Evans deal? Uh, yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because he just put in a crystal ball he for, for Evans to go to OU. So I, I just want to know, I'm going to ask him what happened late. But if I were to ask you that same question, I think you just told me five minutes ago, it's just always where he wanted to go, and finally he made the decision just to say, I know I have the ties to Georgia, but OU's where I really want to be, so let's go there. I mean, right, if I were to ask you the same question? Yes. I mean, that that about sums it up. And we talked about it all throughout the week. If it was Anthony Evans' call all the way, 
he was coming to Oklahoma. And right now, at least the way things are looking, the way things are trending, seems like Anthony Evans finally made that call. Yeah. And, again, a lot of family out in Georgia, and that's what made this situation tricky. That's what I think was tearing him up towards the end, down the stretch here, as to whether or not it was going to be OU or Georgia. But there's a lot of reason to believe that it's going to be Oklahoma in about an hour and a half when that decision comes down. And if that is the case, what a job by this Oklahoma staff to close down the stretch. Big time. Uh, by the way, I am 0-1 so far on my high school bets for this year. I placed the line at uh, Owasso plus 13 and yeah, a half last night. Yeah, you don't bet night. against Bixby, Tyler. They, uh, you don't do it. <laughs> they, did not, they did not cover that. Cole Adams looked awesome, though, last night, man. What do you have? Seven catches, 143 yards in the first half. He showed that he is legit, man. Um, but Bigsby's for real and, and got a real chance to win 6A1 this year. The they, boy good. They're awesome. They're, maybe it's Bigsby Union. Maybe it's Bigsby Jinx, whoever. But I, I feel like they're going to be in the championship game regardless who it's against. Um, yeah, I'm 0-1. That's the 50th consecutive win for the Spartans. But I will be back next week, Parker. I will be back. I'll be picking a side on the Norman North-Norman High game. So... Hoping to even out my overall high school record coming up next week. Okay. 0 one tough, tough start to the season. But okay, who are you I'm picking? Back. Norman North or Norman High? Well, i got to set the line first okay, next okay, week okay. on the Norman North-Norman High game. But I'm going to be on the right side this hey, time. Hey, I'll be at that game. And uh, a lot of people <laughs> on Twitter last night reminded me of me picking the wrong side. And we, we felt a lot of 918 love for the uh, high school football side of things. Even, um, even Kevin Tate sent me a tweet last night of a picture of the new stadium at Union, Parker. They've got like a double-decker, uh, like a, a an upper-decker stadium yeah, over there do. at Union. It is an amazing facility. Tulsa this year, and, and Tulsa pretty much every year, is loaded at the 6A1 level. Buddy, there is a lot, there is a lot of good football teams in Tulsa this year. Man, they are stacked this season. That's how it is on the east side, man. The east side just continues to get deeper and deeper and deeper, and those facilities continue to get nicer and nicer and nicer. And Travis Davidson was taking a victory lap a couple hours back talking about the discrepancy in the size of the trophy case between the east side and the wow, west side. Wow, was he really? He was, Dang. Yeah. That's his, mm. his 918 bias. Wow. Uh, did the text line get after him for that, or they just let him have a free lane to just rip on the west side? I, I would hope that nobody, somebody... nobody really crossed him on it because mm. the East Side's won 23 of the last 26 state championships <laughs> right. in 6A. So. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that the East Side uh, wins another championship this year, especially with Union Jinx, Bixby over there. Broken Arrow's got a good team this year. Owasso's got a good team this year, man. Again, Cole Adams had seven catches for 143 yards in the first half last night. Owasso still going to win a lot of football games last night. But game number one in the books, the Battle of the Burbs. And by the way, Tulsa... And Westside uh, football fans, we've got you covered tonight. KREFsports.tv. I'll repeat that. KREFsports.tv. Pull that up on your phone. Pull that up on your iPad. Pull that up on your laptop, whatever you have, because we are airing a ton of high school football games tonight. We've got more at Edmond Memorial. We have Westmore at Union. We have Southmore at Putnam City North. We've got Edmund North at Deer Creek, and we've got Jinx at Edmund Santa Fe. So if you're a fan of one of those schools, great, KREFsports.tv, tune in. 
if you're just a casual observer of high school football and an OU fan, there's a decent amount of OU prospects that are going to be playing tonight in that in that uh, group that I just listed. So that's where you need to go every single Thursday night, Friday night of the high school football season. And we're airing all the sports, too. Basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, all that. But it's it's football season right now. KREFsports.tv. Most of these games uh, getting underway at 7 o'clock tonight. All right, we're talking to Brandon Drum next, correct? That is the plan. Brandon Drum, OUinsider.com, we'll joins us next to talk about this massive change in the Anthony Evans recruitment. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.
Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. Joined now by Brandon Drum of OUinsider.com, who joined Steve Wiltfong in dropping a crystal ball for OU. Anthony Evans, four-star wide receiver, going to commit in just over an hour. Brandon, let's get right to it, man. Because all week long, Parker and I have been saying, well, yeah, it looks like this might be Georgia. What happened today for Anthony Evans all of a sudden to flip to OU? Well, honestly, like, uh, <laughs> so I get, a, I get a phone call from somebody that's in the know with Evans, and they said, dude, he's going to Oklahoma. And this was like at 1.30, 1 o'clock today. I can't remember the exact time. And I was like, ah, I don't know about that. And they said, no, for real. Like, that's happening. And so I made a few other calls, and then I called Steve and told him. He goes and checks with the UGA sources, and they seem to feel the exact same way. So uh, this thing turned on its heels real quick. All week it kind of seemed like it was going back and forth and back and forth. And last night I reported, look, the kid's torn. He doesn't know what to do. He's confused. Uh, He's got family coming into town to make the announcement from, uh, according to what you know, he told me last week. So and he, there's kind of the pressure to make a decision when he didn't feel like he was sort of really ready. But the whole time, if he was ready, it seemed like Oklahoma was the spot in his heart. It just, with the, you know, the change of the guard at wide receiver and everything that had gone on with Oklahoma at that position, there were some stability issues for him. Uh L.D. Washington, Levy, Brent Venables took the reins on that and really got aggressive this week. Uh, they had some good calls, some bad calls with him, and at the end of the day, everything kind of ironed out, and it feels like this thing is really trending in Oklahoma's direction now. Okay, Brandon, so the next question that, well, and it, it, this news, this revelation kind of does beg the question, what happens now with Micah Tease? Because he had been, he, his, he'd had his name thrown around as the backup plan, or essentially the next line of defense. If OU didn't get Anthony Evans, the thought was, okay, maybe they make a run at Micah Tease. You think the Sooners still push to try and flip him from Arkansas if they get Evans in a couple hours here? If I'm Oklahoma, I do. You're talking about one of the top 150, 175 players in the country. Uh, Elite speed, 4-3 guy, a uh, guy that can make plays on offense. I mean, you go watch what he did against Bixby. Yeah, Burger T lost that scrimmage or whatever, but he, he showed flashes where people with angles couldn't even catch him. I mean, the guy's got blazing, blazing speed. Uh, he can catch. He, he's great out in space. You can't have enough of those guys. And then you add to the fact that, hey, if he doesn't work out at receiver, you flip him over to safety. And Oklahoma needs safeties in a 2023 class. So I think you continue to recruit him, and you just see what happens moving forward. That's my opinion. I mean, I, I know I would. I mean, he's a legacy. His brother played in Oklahoma. Uh, there's a deep love for the university and that family. A lot of things make sense there for OU and Micah Tease. It's just a matter of if Oklahoma feels they have the numbers or not. And I think that's ultimately – going to be what makes the call here. Brandon Drum of OUinsider.com is our guest. He dropped a crystal ball in for Anthony Evans about an hour ago and sent the internet into a frenzy. So, Brandon, like when you first got that call at 1 or 1.30, you were as surprised as we all are right now. 
Like, what does this say to you, this single recruitment with Anthony Evans and how everything has gone about the past two days? Like, what does this say to you about the OU football recruiting staff? They're relentless. I mean, they are relentless. And they're great recruiters. You can't, nobody can deny that. They are great recruiters. They have proven it time and, time and again. Well I, well, I guess this is the easy answer. When is the last time Oklahoma heading into September has been the number four class? That, in the that's what I was telling Parker. I don't remember time. a time, Brandon, ever. I mean, well, not maybe not ever, yeah. but it's been a while. Maybe 2019 was the last time it was been like that. So, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a telltale sign for me that, hey, everything's moving in the right direction. Things are looking good for Oklahoma and. Uh, they're 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 gonna. Uh, uh, they have a chance. I'm going down to see David Hicks tonight. That's where I'm driving to right now. And uh, Oklahoma leads there too. I think that ought to tell everybody exactly how things are going right now uh, for the centers on the recruiting trail. I mean, they ultimately could end up with the number two or three class, maybe even the number one if things really work in their favor with Ryan Yates, with Peyton Bowen. I mean, you never know. And you add Mike Atiz to that, you get 28 kids in the class. It could be the number one class in the country with like a 310 or 311 uh, point scale on the, uh, uh, I guess, the composite rankings and the scores. So, I mean, that that's never been done at Oklahoma without transfers. And that's before the transfers are added. So Oklahoma adds a few good transfers, and they could have one of the greatest classes of all time. Period. Now, Brandon, the next date – Let's let's think beyond today for a moment. The next date that Sooner fans should be paying attention to is the September 19th commitment date for Jordan Renaud. So I want to ask you, what do you think is next? Is it the announcement from Jordan Renaud, or do you think the Sooners make another addition on the recruiting trail prior to Renaud's decision between Oklahoma and Alabama? Oh, man. I, I don't think they make another decision. I don't know, Parker. I, I'm probably you probably think the same as me is you never really know. But right now, it seems like with the numbers kind of dwindling down for them in this class and the number of targets still on the board for them, it seems like it's going to be September 19th is the next big date. But uh, with this with this staff, I just I never want to say never. But I, I think things are trending well for Renaud. Uh, obviously, you and I both have a crystal ball in for him. We think things are going to go in Oklahoma's favor there, especially since I, uh, I believe he's taken his official on September 10th. So that's nine days before he's set to announce. He doesn't have another visit set up until Alabama on October 8th. But if he commits to Oklahoma, I would lean towards him going to the OU-Texas game on October 8th rather than the uh, OU or the Texas and Alabama game. So, uh, look, again, they make that move. That's another big jump for them. If things stay the same, they're looking at maybe the number two or the number three class in the country uh, when Renaud or if Renaud commits to Oklahoma. Hey, Brandon, we appreciate it as always. Great stuff, man. And uh, safe trip to go see uh, David Hicks, what the number six overall player in the 2023 class and the number one defensive lineman who you just told us OU leads for. But safe travels down there, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go. Brandon Drum, OUinsider.com. What a day it is. Come on, guys. Football Friday. We get college football tomorrow. OU football recruiting is hot. God, what a day it is. How lucky are we, Parker Thune?
this is all right. I, I, I'm jacked to do three and a half hours more of radio coming up today. This is good. This is a really special, this is a really fun day. You'll remember this day, I think, for a while. Especially if Anthony Evans goes on and has a great career at OU. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up locked in right here on the ref.
Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref where the home of Sooner fans. On July 1st of 2022, there was an article posted on Longhorns Wire with the uh, title, Oklahoma Football Recruiting is in a World of Hurt. That was on July 1st of this year. On August 26th of this year, uh, OU's going to have a top five recruiting class. So, just to make that known, in two months' time, Parker, OU has gone from a world of hurt to a top five recruiting class. That's how quickly things have shifted with this class. And you just love to see it. You love to see it. I had – okay, here's what I want to clear up. Here's what I want to clear up because it's a whole conversation on social media right now as to whether Georgia ever actually led for Anthony Evans or if he was just going to come to Oklahoma all along. And look, I, I maintain, as I've said all week, that deep down, Anthony Evans always wanted to be a Sooner. And that's why I held out on my crystal ball for so long. But there was a time <laughs> that it looked like Georgia was getting Anthony Evans. That, that time was as recently as an hour and a half ago. Let me just put this out there. Micah Tease is a fantastic football player. Yes, he is. Top 200 player nationally. He's committed to Arkansas. He hasn't been in touch with the Oklahoma staff in a long, long time. And he's never been in touch with LD Washington until last night. So to those that are saying that, oh, Anthony Evans was going to be a Sooner all along, you really think LD Washington just hits up Micah Tease out of nowhere last night and Micah if Tease OU figured they were getting Anthony Evans before a couple hours ago? said that on the ref with you and Travis Davidson earlier today. Yeah. That's not hearsay. Like, he is the one that actually said it today. Yeah, and so look, I would love to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I knew all along that crystal ball I put in back in July – Never had a doubt this was always going to be Oklahoma for Anthony Evans. No, I'm telling you, two hours ago, he was going to be a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. Uh, I just tuned in, says the text line. Did Anthony Evans sign with OU? Not yet. That's coming around 4 o'clock today, but the thought is that he is going to. Uh, the 405 just says, suck it, mule shoe, which is, is always great. <laughs> Facts. Muleshoe gets drugged into this, even though OU beats Georgia out for a four-star wide receiver. Uh, by the way, um, I refuse to skip over this, even though there's bigger news today. Uh, Jackson Arnold, remember when everyone was fighting over whether he was a dual-threat quarterback or not? He had a 63-yard touchdown pass last night and a 64-yard touchdown run. Now, a 64-yard touchdown run doesn't automatically make you a dual-threat quarterback, but regardless, if you have two... 60-plus touchdowns in week one of the season or game one of the season. Yeah, Jackson Arnold, five-star material. He good. Peyton on the Air Covered Solutions sex line says, when this is the last recruitment that we lost? Seriously, every recruit that it comes down to us and a couple others where we are just a hat on a table, we win. Insane. And on that note, Tyler, yes, if Anthony Evans is a Sooner in an hour, it is a tremendous credit to the OU staff. But let me tell you what, Jackson Arnold and Caden Green – and Josh Spates and the whole cavalcade of Oklahoma commits worked very hard all the way up until this afternoon to try to get Anthony Evans to Norman. You think they should be added on the 24-7 Sports Recruiter of the Year rankings? You think they should be? They should be listed as secondary recruiters. Collectively, the top 15 recruiters so because, far this year? Let me tell you what. Samuel Masigo never gave up on Colton Vosick. That's part of the reason Colton Vosick ended up taking that visit and committing to Oklahoma was because of the relationships with his peers. I'm trying to think who else. There have been a couple other guys that have been significantly swayed by Oklahoma's commits thus far in the class. But look, same deal with Anthony Evans. 
We are not having this conversation, I don't think, in the absence of the work that the Sooners commits put in to recruit Evans to Norman. 100%. And you guys hear us talk all the time about recruiting momentum and how real it is and how big of a positive factor it can have. This is the effects of recruiting momentum. Because if you've got other guys in a class that are committed, you don't just have the recruiting staff recruiting other players out there. You have the current commits recruiting other players out there. And there's sometimes, Parker, where that can mean more than the actual position coach recruiting a player. Not all the time, not even most of the time, but there are times where I think players committed in a certain class can reach out to other players, and that can have a massive impact. I think, case in point, is the exact class we're talking about right now, the 2023 OU class. So, what a day. And what a day it's going to continue to be because it ain't over just yet. Two four-star recruits most likely going to commit to OU. OU going to have the number four overall class. And Brandon Drum mentioned, like, could uh, he at least brought up the discussion of could OU have the number one overall class. Now, we haven't brought that up. We've slowly started into top ten territory. Then we got into top five, and now recently it's top three. I would not bet on OU having the number one overall class. Bama is loaded, and they're going to continue to get higher-level prospects. But could Oklahoma get to number two? Man, I, it's not an absolute slam dunk no. I mean, there, there is a path at least, Parker, whether you think it's unlikely or not. There's a path where they could get there. Man, isn't it nice to have first-world problems again in the world of recruiting as an OU fan? It's been a while. Like, if you're an OU fan right now, and you're following recruiting – in great detail. This class has had more high-profile head-to-head victories in Oklahoma's favor. Kind of like that previous texter mentioned on the text line. We, we, we've seen more of these high-profile decisions go Oklahoma's way than we have in a long, long, long time. And that speaks to the work the staff is doing, speaks to the work the commits are doing to recruit their peers. It, and It's one of the best... Like, that's one of the best ways that you can put it. You have first world problems as a staff and as a program right now when it comes to recruiting. Not a whole lot of schools out there recruiting on Oklahoma's level right now. You know where they've been listening from today? How about Guadalajara, Mexico? Hello, How about Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada, Sioux City, Iowa, Memphis, Tennessee, Long Valley, New Jersey. We're outside of the continental United States today. We're all over the place. Uh, final score prediction for Nebraska Northwestern tomorrow, by the way. Nebraska, get out of here. Nebraska 27, Northwestern 24. Woo! Northwestern covers the spread. It is a tight football game in Devlin. I think I'm trending ever closer towards a close football game as well. I just I can't trust, and I know Nebraska did it last year over Northwestern. It's just hard for me to trust Nebraska to beat someone by two touchdowns. Because uh, guess what? It doesn't happen all that often. Nebraska won that game against Northwestern by seven touchdowns a year ago. It will not be nearly – the way I look at it, an international game like this, everybody's going to be jet-lagged. Everybody's going to be kind of tired. You're going to get a close game one way or another. And you're hoping, if you're an OU fan, especially because of the impact that it could have on Malachi Coleman, you're rooting for Northwestern. That'll do it for Locked In. Keep it locked on the ref. The rush is coming up next.